Today's scripture reading comes from the Psalms, a reflection on the importance of looking to God for instruction. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. And all that they do, they prosper. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I have a question. If you've ever gone to, um, they're often in sporting events, or sometimes you'll see them uh, in other places too, but for lack of a better phrase, like the mascots, the people who dress up in the costumes that denote whatever team it is, whatever. Who are folks who like love the mascot and you like can't take your eyes off the mascot? Who are folks who are like, that mascot, it's better if the mascot just stays on the other side of the stadium. There are some folks who are like that as well. Uh, my daughter is the latter. Uh, she's not a big fan of the mascot, uh, even to this day. I first noticed this. We went to a baseball game uh, many years ago when she was probably three or four years old. Um, it's a long, I won't explain why or how this happened, but that day, because there was a hurricane in Florida, and so the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, had to play uh, where the White Sox play. They were kind of rained out, and so they were playing another team. And so it was a home game for the Marlins, but they essentially was general admission. So five bucks, and you could sit anywhere you wanted. And so Miami also brought their mascot, Billy, Billy the Marlins. And so Billy was walking around the stadium. And that was the first time that I noticed that Caroline, every time Billy would come even remotely close to us, Caroline would just kind of get closer to me and like hang on to my arm just a little bit tighter. She wanted absolutely nothing to do with Billy. Uh, and that is still the case today. Whenever you see any kind of mascot, Caroline will, she may like, ha ha, that's so great. But then she'll kind of try to scoot away a little bit. She wants nothing to do with Billy. So interestingly, also this semester, she's taking a religion class. And so I went up to visit her. My, our family went up to visit her this weekend. And I was asking her how things were going. And she said, you know, uh, I'm a little, I've got some problems and some issues with the Bible. Uh, and so it's a course about really taking a look at the scriptures and so on. And she's realizing that the Bible at times can be pretty violent, uh, pretty misogynistic. Uh, some stuff is happening here, and she's like, I don't quite understand what this Bible is saying and the parts that we are exploring. And it's almost, I make this analogy, maybe a bit of a stretch, but it's almost like the Bible is now Billy the Marlin for her. So it's a little bit like, ah, it's there, but I might, for right now, anyway, I kind of keep my distance about what that is all about because it's unknown and it's a little bit scary, and she's not quite sure what to do with that. Well, she is not alone, I think, sometimes when it comes to the Bible. There are plenty of folks who love the Bible. They read it every day. It's an important part of their devotional life. But there are also others who have been seriously damaged and harmed by the Bible. Others have plucked out verses. And sometimes we have done Bible studies called clobber verses. And so people will take verses, uh, particularly LGBTQ uh, folks, and clobber them with these verses. But it's not just them too, they're others too, and they'll kind of point that out to them and say you should stay away or change who you are and so on. So understandably, there are some people too who are like, 
I don't know about the Bible. It seems a little scary. And even if you have a little experience with the Bible, it's a big book. And they've got all those words, those funny names in the Older Testament, and they've got the numbers and the little numbers, and I don't know where to look. And so it's just better if I just, you know, keep it at an arm's length. But what I'm hoping that we can do today is tell you, at least begin to explore, that the Bible, like Billy the Marlin, is not that scary. But we can engage it in a way, I hope, that can begin to fortify your own faith life and get a sense of how God might be working in your own life as well. And so one of the ways that we want to do that is through this sermon series that we are calling Divina. And it's a sermon series where we are reflecting on different aspects of the world around us, and we just stop and focus on that one thing. So last week we talked about nature and we had our uh, animals with us. And so we were focusing on God's presence in the nature around us as we were outside. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about music. In two weeks we'll be talking about our senses. Uh, today, however, we're doing something called Lectio Divina, which may be familiar to some of you, but where we really take a look at the scripture and really focus on it rather than just kind of quickly read over it but sit with the scripture, and we're going to lead you through a very brief process on how we do Lectio Divina. I hope that this might be a way for you to take this home and practice it, in a sense, at home too. But before we do that, I just want to take a quick look at the passage that Avia read for us today from the psalm. Particularly, sometimes when we read this passage, some people think that when we talk about the law of the Lord, and that sounds a little foreboding, but really, the Hebrew word for the word law is a better way to translate it actually might be instruction. And so the psalmist here is talking about, one scholar uh, said that actually this, in contrast to the scoffers who arrogantly refuse all instructions, happy persons delight in God's instruction. So this is somebody who wants to be open to the ways that God is instructing us open to the ways that God is moving in our lives, open to the ways that God might be nudging us toward a way of love. And so this is what we want to do with Lectio Divina, to take a look at a passage of scripture and really focus on it. So we're going to run through this. So I think in your bulletins today, and was there a, a slide for this too, Tatiana? So um, there are lots of different ways to do Lectio Divina. I think there's an insert in your bulletins that is basically this slide. So you can also take this home with you as well if you would like. And so I would like to kind of practice this with you. So today's sermon is a little bit of me reflecting, but also some of us trying this out. How does it feel for us? And there are lots of different ways. Well, there's a basic core way of doing Lectio Divina. There are nuances here and there of how people do it. But really, it's taking a look at Scripture and really sitting with it, reflecting on it, reading it a few times, and paying attention especially to words or phrases that for whatever reason are speaking to you right now. I'm going to read to you a passage. We're going to read through it three or four times. And I want you to listen to see what is going on in this passage and what words or phrases are sticking with you as we do that. And friends, let me tell you right now, there is no right or wrong answer with this. The word or phrase that you might hear in the passage I'm about to read will probably be different than the person sitting next to you, the person in the back, the person that I will be uh, also listening as well. The people online might be hearing something different too. So what I'd like for you to do, this first step is really about reading the text and getting a sense of what's going on here. Often when we do lecture divinity, we also let our imaginations run wild. 
I think sometimes when you do Bible studies, some people like try to keep imagination out of the scriptures, which is just so too bad. We want to welcome and put yourself in the position of what's going on in this passage and get a sense what's going on as we listen to what's uh, uh, happening in this passage. So the first, as we go through this, we listen and we read and getting a sense of what is what does the text say? All right, so this is a passage uh, in relation to what we're going to do in a few minutes. This is a passage of Jesus being baptized. So I invite you to close your eyes, if you would, and just listen to the words. And I want you to use your imaginations. I want you to pretend that you are there in this setting and just get a sense of what's going on. Hear these words. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Keep your eyes closed if you would, and I just want you to pay attention. So what's going on here in this scene? You sense. Where are you as you imagine what this might have looked like? So this is what happened after a first reading. So now I'm going to ask, keep your eyes closed if you would. I'm going to read it a second time. And as I read to you this second time, a main question is, what is God saying to me through this passage? Not anyone else. What is God saying to me? Especially when we do Lectio Divina, we pay attention. Is there a word or phrase that for whatever reason just pops out at you? All right, let me read this again. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, Allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Was there a word or a phrase that really stuck with you in that reading? I want you just to sit with that word or phrase right now. And then I'd like you to take that God and ask God, or if you are imagining Jesus in this setting, take this to Jesus and ask, I, 
for whatever reason, this word or this phrase is sticking with me. What does it mean? How do you want me to respond? How are you speaking to me right now? I'm going to read this one more time. And maybe as I read it, that same word or phrase will be present, or maybe there will be another one that jumps out at you. Again, so often in our society, we are in such a hurry. So let us breathe and listen. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. And I would ask you to this final time to, after you have taken this word or this phrase that you're sitting with, and asking God, asking Jesus, what does this mean for me? And now I want you to reflect, how do I respond? What is God asking me to do with this word or phrase? And simply rest in this word, this phrase. Maybe this will be something you'll take with you into the week, a nice breath prayer that you'll remember in times of anxiety or stress loneliness, knowing perhaps that this word, this phrase, this presence that God has is just for you. And that God is speaking to you in this way. All right. You're welcome to open your eyes if you haven't done so already. Sometimes with Lectio Divina, certainly for some, they really want to keep that word, that phrase, hold it close to them. I'm curious if anyone feels comfortable at all, if folks watching online too, would anyone be willing to just, just tell me the word or phrase that spoke to you this morning? Yes. This is my son whom I dearly love. Yeah. Any others? What's that? Heaven's opened. Again, online, folks, if you want to type in your word that spoke to you, you're welcome to do that as well. Lectio Divina can be a really powerful, and there are so many, I mean, the Gospels are a great place to go, these stories of Jesus, 
so much of that can um, speak to us in so many different ways. But I also hope that this is not just a devotional practice, but it, especially for folks who have a mixed relationship, a uh, um, conflicted relationship with the Bible, that it can be perhaps a step back into it because it is for you too. Yes, absolutely. There are parts of the Bible that I, I've been in the ministry for 25 years. If you want to add on another few years of seminary and I read passages, I'm like, what is going on here? Could this really mean anything to me in 2022? And this is where we wrestle with it. And sometimes like, you know what? Sometimes we talk and think about passages that are timeless and others are very much in the context of when they were written. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I think that's probably best kept 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. And then there are passages that we name today that remain true and will always remain true. There's a story that is one of my favorite stories about the Bible. I think I may have shared the story a few years ago. So if um, you remember it, uh, then it's worth hearing again. Uh, Kathleen Norris is one of my favorite uh, writers. Uh, she's a poet and also writes a lot about the life of faith. Um, it's one of my highlights, um, I once upon a time had a podcast and she agreed to be on my podcast. And so it was a real highlight for me to talk to her uh, about her own story. She shares a story. She spent many of her years in South Dakota, a small town in South Dakota, and uh, she would get to know and really um, get a sense of what life was like in that small town out on the plains. And she would sometimes go to the local bar and hang out there and talk to folks who were there. And she got to know this man named Arlo. And Arlo was a guy who loved to tell stories. In uh, her book, Amazing Grace, she described Arlo as an old timer, a tough self-made man in the classic American sense. And so on this particular day, she was talking to Arlo and she said that Arlo seemed to be more talkative than normal. Sometimes he was a little uh, quiet or taciturn, but on this day, she was, he was telling the story about his grandfather. So when Arlo and his wife got married many years ago, his grandfather bought them for a wedding present, one of those really big, white, fake leather Bibles. If you have one of those really big Bibles in your homes, or maybe you have a parent or a grandparent, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm getting out of the camera here real quick, but like one of these big, you know, big things. If you have one, like something close to this in your homes. So for, this was for a wedding gift that um, Arlo and his wife got. And so uh, it, it was, and so then they put it on the shelf. And so Arlo's grandfather would keep asking him, uh, how do you like that Bible? And so he thought, well, it's great, it's great. And so grandfather would just keep asking. He would see them every few weeks, every few months. How do you like that Bible I got you? And they couldn't understand why the grandfather kept asking him that, asking them that because they wrote a thank you note. They said thank you already and he couldn't quite figure out why the grandfather was so pleased with the Bible. So finally one day, Arlo goes and they had it up on a shelf and he pulls out that big Bible and he starts opening up and the grandfather had put a $20 bill in the front of every book of the Bible. 
So that's a total of $1,300. And Arlo said, that was a lot of money back then. A lot of money today. And so Arlo just got, was so tickled by that, that the grandfather had done that as a way perhaps to get them to explore what is in the scriptures. I wish I could tell you there were $20 bills in the Bibles <laughs> in front. You can check if you like. I don't, I don't think there is. Maybe there might be an old offering envelope in there or something like that. But I love this story because I think it speaks a little bit to the treasures that are there for us. And sometimes we are nervous or anxious because it's a mystery of what's in the scriptures. And yet I believe there are treasures in there if we would get that Bible out or look on your app wherever you read it and begin to explore what is there for you. I know it can be scary and you may want to keep it at a distance because you're not exactly sure what's in there. You're not exactly sure what is behind the mask. And yet I believe we can find God's love, God's desire to be in relationship with you, Lectio Divina, if we sit with that, is a wonderful way for us to enter into that relationship. So I invite you to please take it out, open it up, and see what the Spirit has in store. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the many ways that you work in our lives. Certainly one of those ways is through the scriptures. On the one hand, many of us can think of times when we received peace and comfort and strength by reading your words, maybe as the stories of Jesus, maybe it was the letters from Paul, maybe it was the Psalms, stories from the Hebrew scriptures. And yet there are also people who are listening and who are present here today who have been harmed by the scriptures. And they wrestle with that. Parts of the scriptures that paint you as violence and wanting to ostracize certain groups of people. It's a complex thing, Lord, and yet we still believe that you speak to us through it. So be patient with us as we are patient with it and ask that you would continue to move and give us the courage to open those passages up, knowing that you are waiting for us in so many other ways. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.